welcome to the Andrea K show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Cause I'm TNT. I'm dynamite. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. Hello out there to everybody watching on Facebook Live. So excited to have you. I'm just loving this. I think this is the second or third week that we've uh, done this successfully, a little bit of an experiment. We're actually recording tonight's Andrea K Show while we're broadcasting on Facebook Live. So love you to everybody out there. Always a thrill to get to share this time with you on an especially none other than DJ Carrot Sticks. Applause with jazz hands. Um, you know, today is a day to celebrate for a variety of reasons. Um, but actually, I, I was thinking on my way in, I was thinking less celebratory and more pondering the notion of resistance. And who is the resistance? Because I was watching, I'm sure that you all were out there today too. I was watching the uh, vote that went down earlier with uh, Betsy DeVos for education uh, secretary and watching the resistance. At least that's what they're calling themselves. The Democrats are calling themselves right now the resistance. And I got to thinking about that because, you know, it wasn't just the Democrats resisting Betsy DeVos. We had two Republicans or supposed Republicans that were resisting Betsy DeVos. So only to then see our new Vice President Pence in a historic move, and weren't our founders brilliant, the original resistors, uh, Vice President Pence in a historic move break the tie. And then I got to thinking, wait a second, are the Dems really the resistance movement? Or really, isn't Vice President Pence the VP of the real resistance movement that went down in December, in which the American people resisted and pushed back against a government that had clearly become uh, about the elites versus the American people? And the resistance really, though, kind of Im- implies a minority, if you think about it. And Trump won in November, and the forgotten man won in November. Well, you know what? Here's where I actually agree with Hillary. I actually believe that she did win the popular vote. I think that she won more votes from more people than Donald Trump did. So hat tip again to the original resistors, the founders who pushed back and resisted against England and started the vision of a constitutional republic. Hat tip to them. Thank God for them and their electoral college, because it provided a pathway for the forgotten man to resist what was happening in this country. And to me, so it's kind of like, and that's kind of a resistance story in and of itself, isn't it? David versus Goliath, the little guy versus the beast. And in this case, what was this resistance movement from the forgotten man about, the David versus Goliath? It was about an overreaching, tyrannical government. We're talking about over the last eight years, we're talking about the use of the IRS, the court systems, which we still see going on with what's happening with the travel ban, the use of... Black Lives Matter movements and other movements to beat down the forgotten man, to beat down the the original resistors and and founders and what this country was supposed to be about. And you know what? It's worked in large part because that's one reason why the polls were wrong as to what the outcome was going to be, because people, conservatives— who I think are the real resistors in this country, at least if you consider a resistance movement to be minority, I think it's conservatives— At this point, in spite of the win, because that win was through the Electoral College and they were scared to even speak up. I heard whispers outside my polling place. 
So to me right now, and then I saw a post last night on a friend of mine, which is one reason why I was pondering the resistance of a friend of mine who is sad for where she lives and feels feels like an outsider in the town and the community she lives in because of the hate and the pushback and the tyranny, the Goliath that still exists. But unfortunately for Trump, if you look at the resistance, it's still continuing. And it's not just the Democrats. Look at what happened today with the GOPE. So we've got we've got a resistance movement on on two sides against Donald Trump. We've got a three way resistance movement movement going on right now. And there's some people that are concerned that Donald Trump, that re, the resistance against him from within. It's not just the Democrats not wanting to accept the election results that we've got a resistance movement within the Republican Party, not just Collins and Murkowski. But that they're actually might be winning a little bit because they've got Donald Trump slowing down on some key issues like taxes and Obamacare. And we're going to talk about that throughout the show. We're going to take a break right now. When we come back, we're going to talk to none other. First time on the Andrea K show, someone who I consider to just be amazing. Scotty Nell Hughes is going to be with us. I think she's the first guest I've ever had who was mocked on Saturday Night Live. She's going to talk about the resistance coming in the form of that judge in Seattle, Washington, because that story is continuing today as well on the travel ban. This is the Andrea K show. More on the other side of the break. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K A Y E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. Glad to have you all here with me. I'm especially glad to have my next guest. Y'all know who she is. She's the beautiful, fabulous, brilliant, amazing Scotty Nell Hughes. Scotty, welcome to the Andrea K Show. Oh, thank you for having me. And you were too kind in your opening because at this point, I am in the middle of all the storms. So I feel like I am the wet, um, angry, muddy, covered in um, bark uh, person. But I'm so happy that I get to take a break from cleaning up right now to come join you and talk to you. Well, thanks for being on. You know, I, I was saying before the break, first of all, before the break, I was talking about the resistance. You know, the Democrats are referring mm-hmm. to themselves as, as the resistance right now. You know, they got to push back, you know, against, you know, the Hitler Trump, which is absolutely ridiculous. So I've been pondering who really is the resistance. Is it really the Democrats? Is it the Republican establishment that doesn't want to accept the election either? Like what we saw go down um, with the two that wouldn't support Port DeVos. Um, you know, we still, you know, we saw a lot of resistance against America and its culture. 
back during the Obama administration. And we saw the it, it to me, it's kind of felt like I think the real resistance, if you think of resistance as being a minority group, I think that's conservatives. And I think that it's been kind of like David versus Goliath. And, and we have had this Goliath use the IRS against conservatives, use the courts against conservatives, like against, uh, you know, bakers. And now we, we see that continuing where we've got this judge out of Washington who decided to use the court with absolutely no power, right, in order to, you know, push back against what he feels isn't right. Oh, you're absolutely correct. And let's talk about this court, you know, the Ninth Circuit Court. I kept hearing during the campaign, and then I also heard just recently that judges, they don't put their personal opinions in, that you're insulting a judge if you question him, if you if you question, you know, his background. Because judges never make a decision based on their own personal opinion, and they're unbiased. They go straight by the law. They're blind. Well, then why in the world were liberals so quick to push this into the Ninth Circuit Court that even liberals will agree is extremely liberal? If that was so true, then why aren't we holding this in maybe a more conservative circuit? No, they went straight to Seattle. They got a very conservative court, one that, you know, you've got the guy who was actually for Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, that just shows right there how desperate they are to manipulate. But I think you hit the nail on the head. That just shows why we have to be even more, one step ahead of this. We could have predicted this was going to happen. And yet, for some reason, uh, we were not ready in this rollout with this, this travel, temporary travel ban. Uh, to be ready to know this is going to be obviously what they were going to do next, and we should have heated it off and saw it from the very beginning. Yeah, I, I agree with you there. Uh, I do think it was predictable that this was going to happen because when Obama did his tr- travel ban or restrictions or whatever you want to call it in 2011, and when Jimmy Carter did it back in, in um, his administration, it was challenged and it was upheld. So, you know, I think that they could have, I, I think they maybe rested on the fact that he had the power, Trump had the power to do this, according to the Supreme Court, and that these had been done in the past and been upheld. And I think that they just were a little naive to think that it wasn't going to be challenged at some point. You know, I heard Dershowitz, Alan Dershowitz, a far left guy, but a brilliant constitutional mind said that this judge not only was it not ripe because nobody had suffered any damages, but that he he had so there was so uh, there was no such no legal. I'm f- struggling to find the words, but he was without he was so without any exactly. legal basis to do this that yeah. Donald Trump really should have just completely dismissed it and not even bothered to respond. Because now we're in a situation, Scotty, to where we are. Trump is allowing it to go to the courts. And if it ends up at the Supreme Court and Gorsuch isn't on the bench and confirmed in time, then this Ninth Circuit's going to end up being upheld. I really think from a strategy standpoint that they should have just ignored it. Absolutely. That's what you saw Andrew Jackson did. He looked at him and said, you know what, fine, you can say that, but let's see you uphold it. Let's see you enforce it. I mean, that is exactly what it is. And it's checks and balances. And to think that a judge in Seattle has more power than the executive office, the president of the United States, who gets daily Daily security briefings to think that that is actually a very scary thought that I think Americans need to realize. I understand checks and balances, but there is nothing wrong if the president, if if the judge is questioning the power of the president for the president to have the right and the ability to question right back. And the key is, I think, in all this that we're missing and, and President Trump pointed this out and getting a lot of blowback on that, that if there is some sort of attack, if there is something that happens here in the United States, with in any regard, even if it doesn't have to do with the refugee program, anyway, 
it will be on the hands of these progressive demonstrators, these lawyers, these folks that stopped uh, traffic in the in the airports. It will be on their hands because right now, if you haven't noticed, there is a surge of people trying to get in. Mm-hmm. And if you are a terrorist and you had plans of attacking this country, as we have seen, a very aggressive, because we know they're not too fond of Donald Trump, you have just put your plans on steroids and you are speeding them up. And right now, our borders are more dangerous than I think ever we have before right now. Absolutely. Good point. If, you ju- if you're just tuning in, this is the Andrea K. Show, and I'm talking to Scotty Nell Hughes, national spokeswoman for FreedomVine.com and the political editor of RightAlerts.com. You know, something else that's not getting any national attention and nobody's talking about is, and I read this on Alan West, that in a proactive move, Pakistan, who wasn't even mentioned in the travel ban, Pakistan decided, well, you know, they may come for us next. So they actually took it upon themselves to go and round up 39 Taliban, including a high-level dude that, um, you know, the the – I guess was identified even during the Obama administration as somebody that that needed to be brought under uh, under arrest, getting no media play at all. And on top of that, Canada is reporting and uh, Reuters is reporting that uh, refugees are starting to self-deport, Scotty. They're starting to walk all the way and take themselves to Canada. Ninety one have walked just since uh, Donald Trump, even before the travel ban, just since Donald Trump took office because of what his plans were stated during the campaign. They're already self Supporting. So why aren't where's where's the spokespeople for mentioning these successes within this? Isn't that exactly what we want? That's exactly the type of leadership that America wants. And for some reason, liberals and progressives are freaking out. And Chuck Schumer's reaching for a Kleenex box when I'm actually reaching <laughs> for confetti and balloons. Uh, this is and, and let's talk even and it's not only in national security. It also has to do with even jobs. You know, you've got the Japanese are about to bring over their delegation over here next week. In preparation for that, they have already drawn up a contract where they are going to bring hundreds of thousands of jobs from Japanese countries to the United States and open up manufacturing over here. Isn't that exactly what we want? Isn't that what we've been actually talking about? Um, and that's what kind of scares me right now, that these liberals and progressives, and I have to ask them, whose country are you fighting for? I know you're in California, and I believe there are good conservatives in California, but for what I'm reading, what I'm seeing, what I guess what a leader of your majority party said in the state legislature, let's just put all of them right there in California, and I don't know, maybe they need to have their own country and see how well that handles. <laughs> well, I don't know how they're going to have their own country here if they're still on the it's take. It's a beautiful area. I love San Diego. I love California, but it's just becoming such a, a liberal mecca right now. Let's let them actually live by the policies that they want the rest of the country to live in with no options, no bailouts, and no safety net. See, that's the key. See, they, wanna, they want to um, call CalExit. They want to exit from the U.S., but oh, by the way, they want to take the federal pocketbook right along with them. And you know what? That, that ain't exactly going to work. Now, tell everybody a little bit about uh, RightAlerts.com and Freedom Vine before you go, Scotty. Great. Real quick, Freedom Vine is a great way. We noticed this year with a lot of our friends like Milo and others being put in Facebook, Joe, and Twitter because of their First Amendment rights. So we wanted to create a social platform where people across the board could go on and, and be able to express their opinions, political opinions, and not be afraid of being banned or put in jail or being made fun of or in some sort of retribution. Go to freedomvine.com right now. It's a free service when it launches in March, and it's coming from the people who started or were a part of the Tea Party in the very beginning. And it's truly going to be a way for those of us to continue our First Amendment rights as conservatives and talk about what's going on within our local communities as well as continue to get the truth out 
out there of what's going on in the news. Last question for you. And that's excellent, by the way. Wonderful. Um, you're the only guest I've ever had on who, who was mocked in a skit on Saturday Night Live. <laughs> and uh, that must have been kind of surreal for you, wasn't it? I thought it, I thought it was darling because I think you're so darling and, and wonderful. But what was that like? It was it was very much a shock. It was a surprise. You're right. It was very surreal. I always joke my gra- my great great grandkids will never know about my great cooking or my fun birthday parties, but they'll always be able to Google my name and get SNL on it. I did, however, with Spicer getting with Sean Spicer being parodied this week, um, it kind of all brought it all back up. And instead of a text, I said I would pay. I would love for you to walk in and give the entire press corps pieces of bubble gum and put a super soaker up on the front desk and say, you know what? It's empty this time. Um, You have to have fun with it and embrace it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. I appreciate it. Scotty, no Hughes. Thanks for having me. All right. We're going to take a break. We come back. we got another superstar out there who's going to be on the show. None other than Bill Mitchell. Dude's got 200,000 followers on Twitter. Election night, he had a million people tuning in to him. A really incredible pollster. And then after that, I got my men. I got the Silky Al Arias and Rod Hatley are going to be in the studio with me. And you're actually going to get to see them right here on Facebook Live. Stay tuned, everybody. More Andrea K. Show coming right up. Kay. Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show and like her Facebook page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Woo, great song. Thank you, DJ Carrot Six. Who sings that? Leonard, Leonard Skinner. That's Leonard Skinner? Good old Leonard Skinner, yeah. Whoa! I had no idea. That's one of my older brother's favorite bands. The only song I know from Leonard Skinner is Freebird. <laughs> That's one of the best ones. Isn't it? Yeah. In fact, I was watching um, Sunday. I happened upon um, a show that, I don't know, Time, Life, Music, or whatever, selling me. They were playing songs from the 70s and the 80s. And I actually put it out there on Facebook that from what I heard on that show, Freebird was the best song out of the 70s. Rod Hatley shaking his head. He's agreeing, yeah. I'm thinking Rod was a little bit of a headbanger back in the day. Yeah. 
Uh, get your headset back on so that people can hear when it's time. Now, I tell you who we want to hear from my next guest. I'm so excited. I've got, I, first we had Scotty Nell Hughes on, first time on the show. Love her. This guy I've been following, who doesn't follow Bill Mitchell on Twitter? I mean, good grief. The guy's got almost 200,000 followers. He had almost 100 million views on his feed election night. He is this one, I think, the smartest, funniest guy on Twitter. I'm, I've been a huge fan of his. The Washington Free Beacon named him 2016 Man of the Year and the new Nate Silver for his accurate polling analysis. He's also the host of Your Voice Radio, which you guys can check out at um, RSBN. Dot TV Monday through Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern time. I don't know when the guy sleeps. I don't know when he does, but thank you, Bill, for being on the Andrea K show. Hi, thank you. It's great to be here. I appreciate you having me on. Um, okay, so, so much happening uh, today. As I was on my way into the studio, I, at the top of the show, you didn't get to hear, um, I, I'm questioning who the resistance is. Because, you know, the, the Dems, since the election. They claim that they are the resistance. They're going to push back, you know, against this evil, horrible Donald Trump. And I'm watching the DeVos um, vote this morning, and I'm seeing that, yes, the Dems did act as as the party of resistance. And, you know, en masse did not. They resisted Betsy DeVos, but then so did two Republicans. So then then I see Vice President Pence have to step in and break the tie. And I'm thinking maybe he was the real, you know, wasn't this really the resistance of, of America wanting to take their country back? And, uh, you know, I don't know. So my question for the listeners tonight and maybe you, who is the resistance right now? Because if you think of the resistance as being the uh, people in the minority, conservatives kind of have that stake because I think conservatives are kind of in the minority right now. And, you know, and I I'm thinking that there's that's still where the resistance is, the pushback. We still have the left trying to, you know, kind of transform America and to their vision and the conservatives and the resistance movement. We're trying to we're trying to fight back against that. Who do you think the resistance is and who do you think is going to win it ultimately? Well, in the case of the two people that voted against the boss, that was uh, Murkowski and Collins, who are sort of the usual suspects. They're always voting with the Democrats seems on everything. So that was unsurprising. But, um, yeah, and you know, here's the thing about Donald Trump. And there will always be resistance to Trump. But in the end, he always wins. And the Democrats have been trying to delay and obfuscate and slow the building out of the Trump cabinet. But you know what? It's still happening anyway. He's still getting all of his people. Nobody has been turned down yet. And this is what we found during the election cycle is the media every single week would say this was Trump's worst week ever. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, worst. Frank Luntz, after the debates, would say we have just seen the end of the Trump campaign. I mean, Donald Trump had been declared DOA so many times. It was absolutely ridiculous. God was wondering where he was in heaven because this guy had been declared dead mm-hmm. so many times. And yet he won. And that's what Donald Trump does. In the end, he wins. Right now, the biggest resistance I see is uh, Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell. It's not the Democrats. The Democrats don't matter. I mean, they don't control anything. They don't have the power to stop anything. It's Paul Ryan and Mitch McConnell delaying Donald Trump's most important uh, agenda parts, like the tax cuts mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. We're just saying they're going to have to back burner these now to uh, get through the Obamacare thing and the infrastructure thing. So I think those two guys 
are the biggest resistance right now. Well, see, you're thinking like I'm thinking. I'm thinking that the biggest resistance is the GOP establishment, that that right. they're probably all hiding hashtag he's not my president T-shirts underneath their suits back in D.C. Yeah. And and yeah. I'm but I'm wondering whether or not Trump's really winning that, because if Trump was really winning that, why would he be delaying? The and, and if you listen to his interview in O'Reilly, he's prepared to delay. One of his signature things on the campaign trail was immediately replace Obamacare. And now he's talking about it, that it may be next year. Same thing with tax cuts. So I think there's a lot of people like myself, Bill, that are concerned that the, that you're right about who the resistance is and that they're winning a little bit. Otherwise, why wouldn't he be why wouldn't he be as quick on Obamacare and on the taxes as he has been with everything else? Well, here's the thing, is that you have to deal with the realities of the situation. We elected a president we didn't elect a king. And there are people still in the Congress who oppose him. And this is where his strong negotiation skills and his instincts have to come out. As a strong negotiator, Donald Trump knows if you want the lamppost, you ask ask for the moon. And Donald Trump campaigned on getting the moon. But he knows that, that in a lot of times dealing with sometimes hostile Congress, even on the Republican side, He's going to be lucky to get the lamppost. Now, you've got to understand that if the alternative would have been Hillary Clinton, we would have been talking about getting the basement. So if I can get just 70 to 80 percent of what Donald Trump said he would deliver on the campaign trail, I'm going to be ecstatic because you look at the alternative, and that was America dying under Hillary Clinton. So, uh, yeah, it's not perfect. You know what? They, uh, they just interviewed Kelly. Uh, the new Homeland Security guy, and he said, yeah, we're probably not going to be able to hire 5,000 um, uh, secure, new security border guards. Maybe it's going to be less than that. Everybody's like, oh, gosh, you know. Hey, 5,000 was a random number just thrown out there. If we, if we ask for 5,000 and we get 3,500, that's 3,500 more than zero. So yeah. it's still a big in the right direction. Yeah. So, I, you know, I'll play long ball. Yeah. Um, in terms of the battle for DeVos, I got to thinking that was something else yeah. that I was pondering. Why was this such a battle? Why was she the one that they were they pushed harder against her than they did Tillerson that they're doing against Sessions or really any of them? And, and, and isn't it because the education system really is the holy grail for transformation? Isn't that where they've gotten the foothold in to transform America? Because that's where if you control minds, you can control the message and then you control people. Right. That's to me. They got control of the education system and the media. And then with the open borders, and that's really how you how you transform America. And they're looking at they're looking at that slipping away for them. To me, that's why that was such a battle. Yeah, the education system is sort of their bench, and this is the Democrats' problem right now. They don't have a bench. They don't have a AAA league right now. They have lost power in almost three quarters of state houses. That's typically where up and coming Democrats come from. They're not coming from them anymore. anymore. And now, if they lose education, they're not going to be able to rock the young minds out there with this liberal pablum that these college students end up thinking about. But it also goes deeper than that. The Democrats are running out of donors. A lot of the big money donors that gave to Hillary are very disappointed, very upset that their money was wasted. The teachers union give a lot of money to the Democrats. If DeVos gets in there and weakens the power of the teachers union, that, they're not going to have as much money to give the Democrats again. So a lot of this comes down to money and donations. Here's the problem that Democrats have. Democrats, by the very nature of their ideology, cannot solve problems. They exist because there are problems. If there are no more problems, there is no more need for Democrats. There's no more need for government handouts and government largesse. If people are self-sustaining and they don't need the government to keep them, you know, keep food on their table, Democrats lose all power. And this is why the problems never get solved under Democrat administrations, because they can't. They would obsolesce themselves. 
it would be like the guy that owns the biggest horse and buggy uh, business uh, in the town and by inventing the gas-driven engine. You know, and you just don't do it. <laughs> because you put yourself out of business. All right. What do you want to see from him next in the first 100 days? Uh, well, I want to see progress in the wall. I want to see his whole cabinet in place. I think Donald Trump is going to be end up being the most traveled president in the history of the United States. But the guy's a deal maker. He knows that he's extremely charming, extremely powerful in person. We saw so many people go to the Trump Tower, going in like, I don't know about this guy. I hate this guy. I don't like this guy. And coming out like they had been sprinkled in like pixie dust or something. You know, it's like, <laughs> wow, he's wonderful. He's amazing. The guy just has got skills. In person, he's got a great sense of humor. He's a great listener. He's very charming. He knows how to position people. And so I see him traveling around the world, meeting with world leaders, negotiating, selling and marketing the American brand, the Make America Great Again brand, bringing business and investment to America. So America, once again, becomes the global uh, gravity well for financial investment. And this is going to create jobs. It's going to build industry. One of the things that I'm most excited about uh, under Trump is that under the Obama uh, administration, we really had a gig economy, mm-hmm. meaning that 64 or not, sorry, 94 percent of all new jobs created under Obama were part time jobs. These are jobs where you have to have two or three jobs to uh, pay the bills. You don't have any benefits. There's no future. There's no career. Under Donald Trump, we're returning to a supply and demand economy where companies can make long-term decisions based upon actual real supply and demand, not government largesse. So that means that instead of seeing their employees as overhead, they begin to see them as assets. When you see an employee as an asset, you invest in training them. When you train them, you don't want to train them for your competition. You want to train them to keep them long-term. So you start giving them better pay, better benefits, better reasons to stay with your company. So we get into a career economy versus a gig economy. And this is one of the things I expect to see uh, beginning up within the first 100 days of Trump. Well, what I expect to see is him to fulfill his campaign promises. And uh, he's got to do, you're right, he's not a king. Um, but there, I certainly expect him to not kowtow and, and, and allow himself to have the devil known as Paul Ryan whisper in his ear and to stop him from implementing his policy that he was elected for. You know, this travel ban that he did, he was elected for that travel ban. That wall down on the southern border. That's what he was elected for. And, you know, in fact, Breitbart, I don't know, Breitbart is reporting uh, a poll result. Uh, 74% of California residents want to see an end to sanctuary city policies. You know, the American people support closed borders. They support, you know, getting rid of these sanctuary cities that are just harboring criminal illegals that can kill people like Kate Steinle. The American people are for better trade deals. They're for keeping jobs here. And they're for the self-deportation. I was talking to Scotty Nell Hughes. Since Trump got elected, uh, uh, over 100 people have migrated, at, refugees have migrated out of the states and gone to Canada. Be- you know, just they're, they're already to self-deport. Yeah. Yeah, they asked for it. Yeah, here's the, here's the thing, is that Donald Trump is a strategic thinker, okay? He's what I call a resultist. His mind is not on what's happening right here in front of him, but his mind is on a distant point where the puzzle, the puzzle has been put together. And right now we see the individual pieces of the puzzle, and they don't make sense to us linear thinkers because we don't know what the bigger picture is that he has in mind. But it's all each, – each piece is not an end to itself. It's a one piece of a larger puzzle that's coming together. And it only makes sense in retrospect. And so many times during the campaign, Trump would do something in a go direction. Everybody's like, what is he doing? You know, why is he talking to Mitt Romney? Why is he doing this? Why is he doing that? And yet in retrospect, you look back and say, my God, that was brilliant. Now knowing what we know, 
And so this is what Trump is doing. Every time the media thought they were getting close to Trump, every time Ryan thought he was getting close to Trump, every time anybody thought they were getting close to weakening Trump, all that he was really doing is let them come in close enough in range of his artillery, and then he took them out. And this is what Donald Trump does. He positions people. He sets them up. It's like a game of chess with him. And this is, this is what happens when you get with a strong negotiator like Donald Trump, when it comes down to the actual decision time, when, the, when um, things really matter, when things really change, when the, it all comes together at the end, his opponents are left with nowhere to turn but to do it his way. And that's what I think we're going to see with Trump. It may not make sense along the way. It may look like he's giving and, and uh, you know, surrendering in some areas when he's not. I'm telling you what, he's just positioning people. He's just creating micro leverages so that when the time comes for him to win and close the deal, the deal gets closed. We've seen this for 18 months and we're going to continue to see it. Well, I think you're right about that. And I think that people need to have realistic expectations. It's only been a few weeks. You know, I think he came out like gangbusters, you know, in the first few days. And so I think people people are so excited by some of his promises because I do think in large part of most Americans support really what he's about. And I, but I do think that they have to have expectations that he's not going to be able to do. You know, I said initially he's not going to do everything exactly how he said he would. It's not going to look exactly the same way he promised. Um, but who cares if there's if there's still results? And, you know, a, a good friend of mine said back early in the primaries, he said, look, if Donald Trump only did one thing and he only got one promise done and that was seal the border, that would be uh, that would be a success and be better than what we've had. Because to me, the border issue has been the number one issue for this country from a security standpoint, our economic borders from a trade standpoint and our cyber borders. From a cybersecurity standpoint, we had China hacking into us like crazy years ago. Nothing was done about it. Um, anyway, Bill Mitchell, how can people hear more from you? Well, they can check me out on Twitter, uh, at Mitchell, V-I-I, that's M-I-T-C-H-E-L-L-V-I-I. I have uh, about 185,000 followers and picking up uh, five to 10,000 new ones a week. So it's great. Um, you can also listen to me uh, on my website, yourvoiceradio.com, spelled just like it sounds. Uh, and we're also on RSBN TV, that's uh, Right Side Broadcasting. It's 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday. You can catch us on video there. If you have some bizarre desire to actually see what I look like, it'll <laughs> be there. Uh, you can also listen to me on Spreaker.com at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Uh, Monday through Friday, and that's the audio-only version that you can download, listen to in the car, listen to while you're making dinner, whatever. And that's at Spreaker.com slash user slash Mitchell VII. And, you know, I just want to close with this one thing. If these problems were easy to solve, Obama would have solved them. Yeah. But they're not. Absolutely. These are, these are, difficult, these are difficult problems, and they, they take time. There's a lot of competing uh, resources, but this is what this is what Donald Trump has done for the last 40 years. He's made impossible deals come together. Mm-hmm. He's made opponents work together as a team, and that is what we have to trust. And that's why we elected him, not just because he had a good idea, but because he's got that experience and the instincts of a leader. Well, that's because he comes out of business. He comes from the private sector, and I think the American people, you know, the, the resistance movement, I think they said, you know what, enough of these government, you know, lawyers. No offense, Rod, coming up. But we got enough of these lawyers who don't know anything about business back there just jawing off all day long, amassing more and more and more power and money for themselves and not doing anything that, that's helpful to the American people. You know, so, uh, you know, he is a businessman that makes him a leader. And thank you so much. You're a leader yourself, Bill. Thank you so much for being here. Appreciate it. 
Thank you. Thank you for having me on. All right. Thanks. All right. Now, speaking of business and leaders and men who know a thing or two about it, we're going to take a break. We come back. I got my men, my boys out. Arias and Rod Hatley are here. We're going to talk about Obamacare, why that ain't getting done, why it matters to business, taxes, more in the economy, and free. Somebody's getting something free in San Fran. But are they really? Don't go anywhere. It's the Andrea K Show. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show and follow her on Facebook. Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K, spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619 Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Kick it! Oh, Fight for your eight. Oh, okay. I didn't get that. Welcome back to The Andrea K Show. That's the Beastie Boys. Yeah. Fight for your right to party. Right. And speaking of a party, I got a little bit of a party going on in the studio right now. Hopefully you guys can see this over Facebook live. Um, I got my crew. Can they see this? Can y'all see this over Facebook live? I got my boys, Al Arias and Rod Hatley. Speaking of the Beastie Boys. There's an impediment there. There's an impediment there. What's the impediment? Al's wanting to make sure there's metal in the way. Al's wanting to make sure he's looking good on camera. Oh, I can't look good on camera. (laughs) It's not about looking good. It's this little thing right here. Uh, No, that that's not showing up. That's not showing up on the camera. Al worried about what he's looking like on camera. (laughs) I got Al Arias and Rod Hatley, uh, two of my experts here on the show, to talk about. Um, business and the economy. Y'all heard a little bit of what Bill Mitchell had to say that, mm-hmm. you know, he, th- he expects that Trump's going to have good results because he's approaching things like a business. Mm-hmm. Do you guys agree with that? We'll start with you, Al. Do I agree with it? Of course I agree with it, but it's going to be a rocky road, mm-hmm. a rocky road. Yeah, it will be. Because he is so controversial and that's his life. But he, he kind of directs all of the all of the discourse, mm-hmm. uh, so everybody is his puppet. So all those twi- Twitter uh, tweets, feeds, tweets, yeah, tweets. You can tell I'm a real current guy, right? <laughs> <laughs> but all of those tweets uh, that that everybody's talking about the tweets instead of talking about the issues. So he directs the traffic. Well, I'm not, I think people are really talking about the issues. Oh, give me a break. You don't think so? You don't think that people are really talking about... Do you about, watch the tube? I do, but I'm careful with what I watch. <laughs> I do. I, I watch people... What do you think, Rod? 
Well, I think Al has probably said it best. I mean, I think that whatever Trump attempts to do, you, you know, I mean, nothing happens in Washington without building a coalition. I think that right. will be probably the greatest challenge he'll have as a yeah. business person coming in with no prior government experience is to build a coalition, not only mm-hmm. of the Republicans, but also the Democrats. And mm-hmm. so I think that's where the rubber will meet the road for whatever he wants to get done during his tenure. So yeah. I think it's just simply um, coalition building. And that just takes time. And there's an art to do to doing it. Yeah, there is. And I and I think that he, that's something that I know people have actually done work with him in the construction industry over the years that tell me that that is really what he does best. Okay. And that it. That no, he has a significant fear factor amongst the Republicans, so they don't want to cross him. Well, but I actually think that he is. He there's two resistance that he faces, two opposition parties, the Democrats and the GOP, the establishment. Mm-hmm. And I, I think he's signaling that he that he gets that he's got to build a coalition with both, yeah. basically. And I think that he's I think he's on track to be a little Reagan esque in that regard. I think some people forget that Reagan uh, compromised a little bit when it came to taxes. You know, he actually you know worked a lot. He worked with Tip O'Neill very successfully. And I think you know it, what did not look a hundred percent conservative across the board, but he still recognized and remembered. Well, he's compromising already. So, yeah. I mean, and in that, a good this way is or the about, fact of life. It's Washington. Well, yeah, and I think that, and that's why I said, and I mentioned this to Bill Mitchell earlier, and I did on my show a while back, people need to have reasonable expectations that that some things are a starting point for negotiations, and some of the stuff that he said on the campaign trail was that. Mm-hmm. I do think he believes, though, and understands, and this is why a business person was so important as, as POTUS, he understands that low taxes and low regulations jumpstart economy. And I don't understand why we have a Republican Party that seems to be fighting him on that. And well, I don't, I don't know that they're fighting him. What do you think, Ron? I, well, I guess it's the way it's always been done. And uh, But I would say this. I mean, based on uh, what I, I know is being proposed, or at least as I understand what has been proposed, and it may change uh, over time, of course, um, you know, he may well be able to get through significant legislation with regard to taxes mm-hmm. because if you if we go back hard to believe it's now 16 years ago when Bush took office mm-hmm. uh, we had significant uh, tax law changes by I think June of 2001 mm-hmm. and so it's very possible in fact I know that um, there has been legislation introduced uh, to get rid of the or to repeal the estate tax mm-hmm. so you know certainly uh, it's part of his agenda now, how soon that will happen is anybody's guess, but it could be six months. Maybe he could do it in three months. I don't know. Yeah, I, mean, I, I think the issue, a significant issue, is the setting of priorities. Yeah. So the uh, Obamacare repeal, mm-hmm. that is truly complex, and that is going to take a long time. I don't care. It's going to take a long time because there's a lot of give and take that's going to happen to try to come up with – uh, replacement, yeah, and I think that what I what I like is that I think. Well, that, but I, so the priority for me, yeah, regulations and tax. That's going to be easy compared to uh, repeal and replace. Obamacare. That's going to be right. very, very challenging. All right. So let's start with the, with the tax situation. I think that what's going on is I think if you look at what what Trump was talking about on the campaign trail, I think he wants lower taxes than what and and, and a simpler situation than what the Republican establishment wants. I think they like. 
uh, I think there is an argument to be made from the, the left is correct is that they've got a crony capital. They like these complicated tax deals that benefit some of their buddies on Wall Street, like you know, Paul Ryan. Lobbying, it, yeah. lobbying is a fact of life. Yeah. We're always going to have it. Yeah. Always. Right. So they're they're reacting to their public, which includes lobbyists who speak for the public. Right. And they speak for special interests. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the way it's going to be. Well, I, but well, yes and no. I mean, when I what I'm talking about is I'm not saying lobbying is going to go anywhere. To me, that's a separate issue. I'm talking about tax strategy and who's going to win. I'm talking about we've got Paul Ryan, Mr. TPP, and we've got a president who says I'm out of TPP and already signed an executive No, but I thought your that. point was, oh, let's get it done right away. It's not going to happen right away. It's a process. It's Washington. I know that. Now Now that we've established that, my question is, what's going to end up happening down the road? Is it going to be a more simplified system, and do you support that? Or do you, do you um, support it continuing to have all of these? I mean, you're an accountant now. You're probably not wanting it to be oversimplified. You're loving all them 3,000 pages. Are you of kidding? Have you, looked at, have you looked at sales taxes? Get a sales tax problem. There isn't anything more complex than sales taxes. Is yeah. this whole idea about simplify is BS? Yeah, I, I, I think I'd have to agree. I, I don't think we're ever going to see true simplification. Uh, I think we might be, we might see some streamlining, perhaps, mm-hmm. but I don't think we're ever going. I mean, I, I don't know that you could ever uh, get the Congress to go along with just totally revamping the uh, mm-hmm. income tax uh, uh, regime that we have or the mm-hmm. tax regime. I, you know, it's it's right. I think seventy. It's- Thousand pages, I think the Internal Revenue Code. <laughs> right. <laughs> I don't think it's going right, to change right. much. And what, one thing that's not going to change, because I want to advance, it, advance the conversation a little bit to a story that's breaking out of San Francisco. One of the reasons why I'm still hearing from the resistance on the left that if Bernie hadn't been cheated, he would have won. Because Bernie's message of free, 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 people were digging it. Yeah, but there's no such thing as free. And right now, what do we have in San Francisco? We've got a story for, uh, at a San Francisco SF gate is the publication saying that San Francisco has come up with a way, free college for citizens, anybody who's been living in the area for over free a year. Community. Community college. Still, it's City College, actually. It's City College in San Francisco. And I'm thinking... That's a community college. It doesn't... My point... Okay, let's not go off the rails. The point isn't where the institution is. The point is free. And you go, you read, not even into the second paragraph. And what the American people don't understand is there's no such thing as free. It's got to be paid for by Yeah, but look what they're talking about. $250 a, a year or a semester? Give me a break. Well, yeah. Well, first of all, if you saw $250 on the ground, would you bend over and pick it up or would you step over it? Again, not the point. The point I'm trying to make to educate people on for taxes is there's no such thing as free. Yeah. You read that you then you read how they're going to pay for it. They're going to pay for it by a tax taxing properties that are selling for more than $5 million. So basically, it's just there's no such thing as free. It's all an income. No, no, no. The rank of $5 million. In San Francisco, there probably are a lot of people that have $5 million homes, like yeah. not even 10%, and that's a lot, probably 5%. Well, they're so thinking that it's going to raise it's, $44 million. The whole idea is to pass it on to the rich. Exactly. The, the rich already pay 87% of the income tax. Exactly. And to In me, California, 87% is paid by not even 500 people. I shouldn't know the number, but it's it's very, very yeah. few people are yeah. paying all the taxes. Mm-hmm. Right. And the American people don't understand that. We've got 
30,000 people showing up at rallies demanding free when there is no such thing as free. And well, so it's my, free to them. It's free to them. But of course. But not to the, you know, you just said, what, 87% of the taxes are paid by, you know. Very, very few very, very, number very of people. Few people. Very, very few. So if we continue to have more of this, Rod, how does this affect a state? Is there a way through a state plan no, here's the danger. avoid this type I, of thing? I just got to get this point. The danger is that they say, we're leaving. They can yeah. leave the state. If it, we're, we're the highest tax state in the union. Mm-hmm. They can leave. The only reason they stay is it's California. We have everything. Yeah. Well, you know what? Rush Limbaugh left New York City and people started <laughs> leaving New York in droves going to other places. Um, from an estate stand, you know, I'm looking at this. This is this is. You know, beating up on the rich, is there a way that you can avoid this kind of stuff with estate planning? Because this has to do with houses. Well, of course, I, I mean, that's a transfer. That's a sale of a property. So if it's a $5 million or more sale, that's their, their, those transfer taxes, those taxes that are uh, realized are what are going to fund um, the free city college in San Francisco, which, you know, may have some merit one way or the other. But there's an old uh, acronym, Tinstoffel. There is no such thing as a free lunch. So there, right. <laughs> there is yeah. no... You know, someone has to pay for it one way or the other. Um, unfortunately, we, we don't – well, and maybe luckily, we don't have that issue down here in San Diego as yet. But I, I'm sure that uh, tax counsel and, and, and good CPAs up in the Bay Area are probably working on this right now because they see that this is going to be an issue. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to make sure that they can minimize as much of those taxes as possible, if not completely eliminate them. And there may be various ways you can do that. We just haven't seen it down here in San Diego yet. Al, mm-hmm. have you – you haven't seen that, have you? No. Okay. Um, but, you know, I'm sure that um, it, it'll be – they'll cross that bridge when they come to it. And, and they're probably already working overtime right now to figure out how to not have to have their clients pay those taxes. Well, that's up north. There's another old saying, poop rolls downhill. <laughs> well, that's so, true. So go San Francisco. Here okay. we come. Okay. Um, you know, so what do you guys want to see then in taxes that is going to help jumpstart the economy? And we got two minutes left, so I'm going to give you a minute each. What do you want to see Trump do – what do you want to see Trump do in terms of economic policy this year that's going to help your well, clients? Well, economic policy is a different issue. I want to see lower tax rates and uh, the simplification idea where you limit uh, itemized deductions. All that does is tra- change strategy. So uh, right now, because of the way everything is uh, arranged in the tax code, your strategy is to have everything above the line, deductions uh, that arrive at adjusted gross income, not itemized deductions. Mm-hmm. The big itemized deduction that gets in the way is limiting charitable contributions. I'm telling you what, it ain't going to happen. Yeah. Because the charitable contributions are, it's, a econo- it's an economic good to the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rod? Um I don't disagree with Al. Uh, something that I would like to see, and I know that they're talking about it right now, is a deemed repatriation of a lot of offshore um, uh, money. Mm-hmm. A lot of corporations have engaged in these inversions where they'll basically buy a company that's overseas and they'll reestablish in that jurisdiction, and they're subject to a, a lesser tax rate. And um, there is a goal uh, you know, to, uh, to repatriate those profits mm-hmm at a deemed one-time uh, 10% tax, which if that were to happen, you bring that money back on shore, then you'd have a lot of dry powder that could be redeployed yeah. Yeah. for um, you know investment and hiring and stuff like that. So 
if that should happen, I think that would be a wonderful boom. Yeah, whatever the estimates are, multiply times three, mm-hmm. it would be huge. Yeah, I think Tim Hortons. Was it Tim Hortons or uh, that uh, sold or partnered with somebody out of Canada, actually? And did that, but there, a lot of companies have been doing that. Yeah, we'd love to see that money coming back over here. Yeah. Kickstart invested here. Well, Ireland, jobs and money. Ireland's growth is is purely on mm-hmm. uh, offering big business, an environment of virtually no tax, no wow. income tax. Yeah. 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 All right. Well, Al Arias, the silky Al Arias, <laughs> and Rod Hatley, thanks for being here, guys. How can people get a hold of you, Al? Give your phone number out for Aviarius Company. Ask for Al. Ask for Al. Rod? Okay, area code 858-792-3444. Rod Hatley. Got a website yet? Uh, Yeah, Uh, uh, www.hatleylawgroup.com. H-A-T-L-E-Y. Right. Hatleylawgroup.com. All right, guys, thanks for being here. All right, stay tuned. We're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to give the awards out for Hero of the Week and last week's Fool, this week's Tool Award. My fellow Americans, before I leave, I have two words to say. Do not listen to the uh, Andrea K. Show. Obama out. Wait a second. That wasn't two words. That was eight words. Don't listen to him. Listen to the Andrea K. Show, Monday and Tuesday nights at 8 p.m. right here on AM 1170, The Answer. I'm so in love with me. Be sure to follow Andrea K. on Twitter at Andrea K. Show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. spelled K-A-Y-E. Home buying and selling can be a daunting and stressful experience. It will likely be the biggest financial purchase of your life. Hi, I'm Julie Mills Brennan, and I've been selling homes in San Diego for over 20 years. I've seen the market in its highs and in its lows, and through the years, I've immersed myself in nearly every market area. I realize that anyone can find you a house. I want to find you a home, a home that you will build great memories in. Call me or text me at 619-992-7113. Call me today. I would be honored to help you find your dream home. Statistics have shown that at some point you will die. In fact, I could die during this commercial. Now that I have your attention, this is tax and estate planning attorney Rod Hadley of the Hadley Law Group. Because life happens, it makes sense to have an estate plan in place much the same way you probably have life insurance to provide for your family. An estate plan is a set of instructions for how you want your assets to be passed on in a way that works for you and your loved ones. For a free consultation, give me a call at 858-792-3444, 858-792-3444. I can't wait to help protect your family's legacy. You're listening to The Andrea K Show on AM 1170, The Answer. Okay, I have no idea what song that is, DJ Carrot Sticks. This is The Power Company by Eric Burden. Okay. Oh, Eric Burden in the, the Animals? Yeah, well, just Eric Burden oh, on this just one. Eric Burden. Okay. All right, this is the time where I usually give out my awards, last week's Fool, this week's Tool Awards, and Hero of the Week, and I do not have a Hero of the Week. I really don't. DJ Carrot Sticks, do you have any, I mean... Not really. This is my toughest one every week to come up with a hero. I mean, when we have a story like last week where we have a fallen hero, a Navy SEAL who lost his life in combat, I mean, that's just a no-brainer. I guess our heroes could be every week our military who risk their lives for us and, and, and put themselves out there. Um, so, you know, let me know out there, you know, maybe I might need to start changing it to like Patriot of the week or something because hero is such a big word. And there's, there's 
too few here. There's too many zeros and too few heroes. I'll, I'll give it there. to the award. Did you see the one that the video that went viral of the teacher, the uh, third grade teacher does the handshakes with all of her yeah! students? That's, I did see that. I wish that. I knew her name because I'd give her the hero hero award. Yeah, that was cool. I thought it was a guy that was at a. It was guy, a woman. It was it, a female teacher. Yeah. Oh, she had like an individual handshake yeah, yeah, for each it, student. About thirty of the students each had an individual cool little handshake that, that they did was, every morning. We need to come up with our own handshakes here at AM eleven seventy and like do it on air for everybody when we do the Facebook Live. Okay, so for last week's fool, this week's tool award, I always put it out there to everybody out there on Facebook and what you guys think is is the and it ended up being. DJ Carrot Sticks, he, he threw a name in there. Um, it seems as though the top for me, the top last week's Fool, this week's Tool Award is a combination. And it is George Soros Stooges that are Republicans. Uh, Paul Ryan, Marco Rubio, Jeb Bush, John McCain, uh, John Kasich, and Lindsey Graham all took money from George Soros in 2016. We dodged a bullet by having Donald Trump in the primaries, because otherwise this basically we would have had puppets of the left. We still have puppets of the left in there because Paul Ryan took the most money and he's speaker of the house, which is disturbing to me. So they are my top in combination last week's fools, this week's tool runner up is a tie. We got judge Robardi out of Seattle, Washington, who decided to be a fool and think he was going to you know dictate to the country what we were going to do with our immigration and with our travel. We're going to see how that pans out today. And tied with him, thanks to DJ Carrot Sticks, is actually a local story, local boy, Kevin Faulkner. And for a variety of reasons, first of all, he's open border, Mr. Amnesty, yet he claims to be a Republican. And second of all, because there's lots of people who say, you know what, if maybe Proposition C had been opened up for a vote all across everybody, then maybe the Chargers might still be here. So his handling, not just a Proposition C and other mishandling of the Chargers thing. DJ Carrot Sticks and others nominated him for last week's Fool, this week's Tool Award. I'm actually thinking we got a, maybe a third runner up here. Did you hear about George Lopez? No. Okay. George Lopez. See, we've got the left continuing to act as though conservatives are the haters and the intolerant ones and the misogynist. And George Lopez called a woman the B word and told her he, after saying there's only two rules in the Latino family, don't marry somebody black and don't park in front of our house. He told a woman, he called her a B and told her to uh, sit her A down or get the F out. George Lopez, you are worse than a fool and a tool. You're disgusting, just like the rest of your low lives up in La La Land. Hey, I love you all out there. Thanks for being here tonight on the Andrea K Show. Thanks for everybody watching on Facebook Live and all your comments. We're going to be right back here next Tuesday, 6 p.m. Thank you to Scotty Nell Hughes and Bill Mitchell, as well as Al Arias and Rod Hatley. Have a great night, everybody. I got the-